Ah, uh, you guys thought you guys thought you were done with me. No. Fuck no. I wasn't done. Not yet. Not fucking yet. Welcome everyone to the playoffs. NFL playoffs. Blue Streak lives on. Special edition. And boy, do I got a little treat for you. But before I get into that, it's uh, just uh, as we kind of settling the dust with everything that happened with the shocking uh, return or actually ascension of Burkos Browns being the league champion. I mean, I, I thought it was really wild looking at just the stats here because when I looked at the league standings and I saw fourth in offense, fourth in the league in offense, and then he had the eighth weakest schedule. Like the weakest schedule was the eighth. So it's like the fourth weakest schedule, I should say. Fourth weakest schedule. And he was able to parade through the playoffs and get the championship. Some of us have to feel a certain way. I know I do. But nevertheless, he is the champion. And I wanted to give him his dues. And, and you know what I fucking did? I fucking gave him a call. We have to do it for the league. Mr. Minnow. Oh, the big Burke. Hey. Hi. Man, listen. The champ is here. The champ is here. I I mean, I had to tell the boys, this is what the perks of being a champion is all about. We got to hear your side of the story. So, uh... Welcome to the 2024 New Year, champ. We did it. Burko's Browns. You know, t- take me through because when, when obviously when I came on the league, it, something happened with you. you. You had a bad streak year after year. Just getting, just dogging it. Just, I mean, you were 0-12 one year, and you were still starting your guys. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to win this thing still. And, and I've got integrity, Minnow. I, I never give up. I've got the heart of a lion. But, you know, look where we've come. You know, we, we were drafting in a barn. I think we were on, like, CBS. Payouts were after the Super Bowl. Now we got instant payments. We're drafting at Carter Lago. We're on ESPN now. I mean, this league is truly one of the best in Southwest Florida. So... Yeah, I mean, for for Burgos Browns, I I had a lot of bulletin board material. My my draft strategy, I've never wavered. I love the diva wide receivers. I always try to go receiver receiver, and then running backs. They're a dime a dozen. They get hurt. They get a big workload. So that's always been my draft strategy. I sat Tyreek down. I told him he's going to hit two thousand yards this season, and then <laughs> there was some baby mama drama, and he lit his house on fire. But I. <laughs> He got the job done for me. I'm the champ, thanks to Tyreek and Lamar. Well, I, I, I tell you, Burke, I, I was here looking at your draft, and for anybody that doesn't know, uh, you know, Burke has always been razzled by yours truly because of the running back, you know, heavy running back. Uh, and what I noticed in this draft, what you did, Burke, you did the classical, like you said, the diva receivers. You got your slew of running backs before the 10th round. And uh, and obviously you got your quarterback Lamar Jackson who had a great bounce back year, uh, MVP candidate again. So uh, what I saw in the final roster game there, buddy, was that everyone you drafted 
They came with you to the final dance. Yeah. No, no waiver wire pickup. Yeah. Did, did I start? It was all guys I drafted. Yeah. It, it was looking at, uh, you know, I'm looking at the draft. Connor was a fourth rounder. Uh, Swift uh, was a sixth rounder. And, and then Walker, which ended up being your flex in the final. I remember that third rounder. And, yeah. you know, so you went, you have some golden action from beginning to end. If we're looking at it right now, the way you drafted your five, six picks just won you the championship. They did. They did. Um, and tight end, I, I hate that position. I always kind of get under the gun and quickly draft the tight end. Um, if I had to do it over again, I'd, I'd wait on tight end. But yeah. My, my motto is get the receivers, plug them in, and then just kind of shoot from the hip on running backs. If you get enough of them, <laughs> a couple will pan out. Well, I don't think, you know, that strategy anyone isn't going to copy, uh, you know, unless you're Carter winning three in a row. But, you know, I, I think that works for you and you only. Um, <laughs> what 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 I, you know, what I saw in the regular season was interesting because you started out five and two. Uh, you were really, this was the year I was pumping you up. Is this the year? And and then you went, you lost, like you were two and five on the back end. You ended up being 500 going into the playoffs. What what were your thoughts as you were seeing this skit happen once again for Burkle's Browns? No, no. <laughs> I, I stayed true to my guns. I knew my guys had pulled through. I had some pretty favorable matchups in the playoffs. So I... I thought Lamar would come around, Tyreek and A.J. Brown, and get it together and yeah. take me to the ship. But, you know, it wasn't without controversy. I, uh, you know, through that last matchup, um, I, I, you know, I looked up and down. I didn't think I was fucking anybody over. I liked my seating, so I, I went ahead and I, I wanted to keep that, whatever it was, the five seed. And I thought that was the easier path. I didn't really want to run into McCaffrey. Well, first, Art's, uh, Art's team. He was pretty solid. He's probably one of the best six seats to yeah. get in. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of wanted to dodge him and wanted to dodge Kyron and McCaffrey. So in hindsight, I, I think it would have shaken out the same same way. Um, but there was a little controversy at the end. There. Yeah, it, it, it was. I mean, when I went to the waiver wire, I mean, you went through a bear of a playoff schedule, even though you were trying to get an easy layup with me. It came down to a missed decision that I made. And, you know, it, it was not Greg's fault. But, you know, you barely squeezed by with us. Uh, we gave you a fight. Uh, so you and then you had the two toughest opponents, you know, uh, Kevin uh, making history league record and Honey Bear right, but right behind that. And uh, I mean, you had to how did you feel going into the playoffs uh, and, and obviously going through the path that you did? I felt good. I felt good. I, I thought I would beat you by a larger margin. Uh, <laughs> but but you, you had me sweating. Yeah, that did come down to it. Came down to one guy you left on the bench. You could have stepped in. You would have taken out the champ. Um, <laughs> Leo had such a tough team. I mean, his. I think he had the number one and number two running backs. Yeah. It is a running back league, you know. Um, but – I, I just thought I had the most balanced team with Lamar at the helm. And Lamar isn't even as valuable, you know, in, in your standard league with four points passing. Right. Um, he's, he's not even as, you know, 
it was valuable in our league with six points for every touchdown. Right. But hey. I thought he was going to have a good year. I, I was pretty bullish on the Ravens. <laughs> and Carter, you know, he took – I always draft Dobbins. So, thank you, Carter, for taking Dobbins. And <laughs> Man, I, I tell you, you know, there's a lot of shenanigans that go on before the playoffs started. Uh, and, and you touched on the, the the dirty moves you were doing that was easily reported through the news outlets about, you know, and, and it was questioning. There's a question of integrity. I mean, you may be like Jim Harbaugh, you know, you win a championship, sure, but what 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 really went on, right? I mean, what what really went on with that sign stealing? What what went on in Michigan, okay? That's what we're thinking about. I mean, there's some rumblings about Burkos Browns having a little bit of that same energy. Look, I... If, if there was the potential for somebody not getting in the playoffs or getting booted out of the playoffs with me throwing that last matchup, I wouldn't have thought about it twice. But I didn't see any possibility of me screwing anybody over. So I, I wanted that. I wanted that five seed. I liked the slot I was in. Now, I did screw Ron over with one of the prop bets. He uh, he lost. I think he he lost to Carter in head-to-head record. So, being a Burkos Brown man of uh, my integrity, I squashed that hundred-dollar bet with Rod. So I covered that. All board. right, that so. that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, because you, you know, there's there's more action in here than uh, you know the the gang streets of Memphis. You know, as far as the the betting action that we have, so much action yeah. going on. Yeah, I overlooked that one and I. Did cut a check for uh, Ron to cut. Right. So yeah, you know, we got to take care of our champions, Burke. You know, we, you know, <laughs> you know, you, join the winner's circle, right? You, yeah, you're you're in it, and I, you know, for one, felt that you were trying to pull a little dirty move. If I had to go ahead and vent, you try to get the backup of the Eagles quarterback for the playoff matchup, yeah. and, and that was hilarious. I'm like, you know what? I'll 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 you could take my sign stealing any day. That's all right. I'm gonna win this because. If, if, if Hertz wasn't playing, there wasn't anybody else I thought would come close to his productivity. So there was yeah. nothing in the waiver wire. So it, it would have been – it didn't matter to me. It's like he's got to go or he doesn't go because I'm not going to win with another quarterback. Speaking of waiver wire, I, I got a quick question for you. So, And, of course, these questions come up when somebody's losing, right? They yeah. never win when they're winning. But <laughs> I'm hearing a rumbling or two to revamp the waiver wire, to quit the inverse order at the end of the week. If you pick somebody up, you move to last in line. And that's how the order's kept until you pick somebody up and then you move to the... What's your, what's your thoughts or feedback on that waiver wire system? That was something that we talked about a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, and it was... And A-Train brought it up to me. And, I, and, I, and he brought it up to me about the waiver wire. And obviously what you're talking about is the concept of you can never get any advancement in the waiver wire action if you're playing good. Like you can't pick up a backup running back or you can't that to kind of fill in some pieces as you go along. It rewards a losing team every week, uh, especially in that beginning part of the schedule that they could really gain momentum and stack up the team. So you're right. Like the way that that I love the way that was done in the draft. And I think we'll have to hear from everyone else. But I think the the way it is, it, the way it was was once once you draft somebody, and it was week one or week five, you go to the bottom of the line, and then yeah. you just wait to the. So there's a person like yourself. Let's just say you had the 
the first waiver wire action, you didn't want to use it week one and you just wanted to wait until the right time, that that plays into the strategy. And then you obviously you get bumped back to the bottom once you pick, but you don't lose your place in line. So I, I, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Uh, but I don't know how everyone else would feel. I think that's something that when we get to draft time, uh, that's one of the yeah. things in the, in the owner's meeting uh, off season we can maybe discuss. So, you know. Yeah, maybe something for everyone to think about this off season. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll put that up to a vote at the next draft. Yeah. We want to uh, enact that kind of way. And so once waivers close, though, you can pick somebody up without losing your waiver required position. But, yeah, if you're wanting to claim someone off waivers, you get them, you move to the end. Right, you just move to the back of the line, and it does not reset. That's so. That's the thing that what we're saying is that the the line does not reset every Tuesday. So that's basically right, what we're right. saying. It just doesn't reset wherever you pick. You're in that position, and then it just kicks the next person out. So okay, yeah, that's something. That's something to discuss. I mean, but what what are you gonna do? Did you already go to Disney World, or what's? I mean. <laughs> You know what us degenerates do. I'm going to Vegas in a couple weeks, and then we got Vegas for March Madness. Another heist. Another heist. I can't can't hang with you guys. I I saw those suitcases full of cash coming out of the casino. I said, man, I got to hang on for dear life for my life savings on this one. You you fucking guys were animals. March 27th. You're welcome back. (laughs) It's Sabula. You see you in the piggies. I got to... You know, maybe I was the cooler. I don't know, man. But all right. Well, I had yeah, he's got to get up from the slot. All right. Yeah, we got. Yeah, we got to get him up. All right, Burke. Well, anything else? Final words you want to tell to the league as you are the new champion for 2023-2024? I just want to tell everyone anything is possible. <laughs> all right, man. Hey, this entertainment value. I I, mean, I can speak for everybody in the league. We truly uh, look forward to every recap you do. And uh, your comedy is the best. So keep it up, buddy. Thanks for doing it again. Thanks, man. I'm trying I'm trying to get my bearings together. So it's uh, thanks, you guys, for giving me a year to uh, just get my bearings together. So I'm trying to get this mojo back. So I appreciate it, man. It's, it's fun stuff. I don't want to offend anybody. I know we're all sensitive fucks out there. No, 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 no. I don't think you can offend anybody. All right, good, man. Because, you know, I mean, I'm trying. Even Burke was Browns, man. See, I like that, Burke. You took it. So, all right, my man. So, I'll talk to you later. Thanks, brother. Yes, sir. Yeah, you see what we did there, boys? We just, we're making history here. We're trying to give people their due. And this is so deserving of Burke. If you've been in this league for a minute, you know Burke has been a non-factor. He has not been a person anyone feared. Just like he talked about, he didn't fear me in the playoffs. You heard that, Greg? He did not fear the notepad. All right. All right. Duly noted. We'll see what 2024, 2025 brings. But I had to let Burke square things out and and air it out. What are your thoughts on that, boys? What are your thoughts on having the waiver wire be something that it's for you know it doesn't reset every week that's the only thing what do you think on that it plays a different strategy because if you're a person that doesn't use that waiver wire you can benefit from it down the stretch especially the people like myself i i, I didn't use it uh, as much so now that adds a different layer to it so just something to think about and as we're getting into the nfl playoffs 
Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? We have to talk about how can we not talk about the money lines, boys? I mean, how can I go ahead and have a show and not have the money lines being talked about? I mean, we know what this this league is all about. We know what we're all embody, especially the ones that have the pockets, right? I mean, it's all about the spreads. Let's go. What what are we doing? What are we doing, boys, for the upcoming games, huh? What do we have looking at right now? I'm trying to find the money. I'm trying to find the NFL bets this week. Let's go. I'm trying to see where, man, where my money, where my betting lines at? Okay, here we go. I found them. I had it set up. I had it up the whole time. But we start off with the Cleveland Browns. With my man Carter. Shout out to Carter. Even the Burkers Browns and Carter Thomas were high on the Browns. Well, I'm just saying Carter was, not just Burkle. Burkle's right. But you understand, they're two and a half favorites over Houston, Texas. And they're playing on Saturday, 430. And I, that game, wow, what do I think? I, I, I think that Houston, I will bet on Houston, plus two and a half. Uh, and, and I just feel with, with that rookie quarterback and what they're doing over there, Holstein, uh, it, it's uh, something that it, it, you just can't deny the possibilities are endless there. You know, I mean, if you saw that last game last week against uh, Indianapolis, I mean, that, that was uh, – it came down to that one play at the fourth, fourth down. But, uh, you know, the, the quarterback and that offense, they just have that playoff mojo, that good momentum. And they're hosting a Cleveland Browns team that has the same description of them down the stretch, especially with Joey Flacco. I want to say that I heard a stat today where he talked about Flacco having the most on-the-road wins. He's tied with Tom Brady. That's not something to sneeze at because, remember, he went to the playoffs two out of the three years in Tampa. So... Right, at least I want to say, you know, he was there every year. He won. He went to the playoffs, I want to say. But think about that. Because Tom Brady got to that when he was in Tampa. So just letting you know. I mean, this is a really big deal. This is if any basically if anybody could win it in Houston, it's Joey Flacco and the way he's playing. So we'll see how that goes. But I got Houston two and a half on that one. Next up, the depleted defense Miami Dolphins at Kansas City. They got Kansas City three and a half. And I said depleted because that's been the story out of Miami. They've been having, I want to say they got three def- defensive linemen, or people on the front seven hurt. They got a bunch of people hurt. They're, they're you know, Tyreek Hill, he's not 100% like he was. He's got his, like, Burke, you heard him. He talked about the house, house burning down, kids playing with matches. Got to get Smokey, the, Smokey the, the, the Bear, Forest Fires commercials. I know, Burke, you don't know anything about that. I'm 46, so, you know, I'm, I'm there. I'm there, brother. But, uh, anywho, I, I, I'm i fucking up. But, yeah, Kansas City, uh, obviously, they're hosting on Saturday, 8 p.m. And I, I feel they're going to win this one by three and a half. Uh, I like the mojo of the offense of Miami. There's no doubt about that, that when they're uh, healthy and ready to go, they're unstoppable with their running game and passing game. 
Tua is doing some great things, but uh, when you go into Kansas City now, there's a lot of questions for me because the receiving core is is, is was definitely showcased not to be top tier, especially after Tyreek Hill went. But I l- listen, man, I, how can I not deny Tyreek Hill's venom juice right now? Him wanting to go in there and stick it to the Chiefs fans. The reason I picked the Chiefs is because you have that many starters depleted on the road because the defense does travel. And and, and that's where my concern, if I was a betting person, I'd probably go with Kansas City on that. I mean, but who knows? They may suit up some people, but it just doesn't look good. It doesn't look good at all. So we'll see how what happens as they play against Saturday at o'clock. On Sunday, we have the Steelers. Mike Tomlin, 17 years in a row with a winning record. I mean, none of us had the blue streak lick. We can't say that. We can't say. None of us can say that we've been consistently winning. I'm sorry. I'm kind of fucking up here. I don't know what's going on. We haven't been consistently winning, Donnie. We haven't. And this is a, a kudos to the coach and the way they run the organization there. I was telling this MVP that I, I feel I would like to know scouting system and the GMs that, that run the Ravens and Pittsburgh organizations because they're consistently in the mix. And to, to say what they've done this year with uh, a, a shitty quarterback situation and and obviously not having the running back, Najee Harris, do what he, he used to do in the receivers, bitching and complaining and not blocking in Pittsburgh, it, it was uh, a heck of a season to overcome everything they, they went through. But what's their present? Uh, is uh, the Buffalo Bills at Sunday 1 o'clock. And uh, the Buffalo Bills are double-digit favorites. Oh, and by the way, Pittsburgh, uh, your defensive player of the year, T.J. Watts, is not going to be there. He had a second sprain, uh, second-grade level MCL, which is good. That means nothing was torn. It just means that he just needs to rest it so that it feels good and gets back to normal. So the way it looks like this, maybe if they make a run, AFC Championship, who knows? I don't know. But I don't think they're going to make it that far. I don't understand why. Uh, this is random, by the way. Why the fuck would you get rid of Mike Vrabel? Why would you get rid of the guy that won that like, coach of the year a couple years ago? And he doesn't even have the quarterback situation. He had a rookie quarterback this year. A second rounder at that. Um. Uh, okay, am I expecting great things? No, I'm not. I would have given him the grace for, let's see how it looks this year. I, I don't understand that one in Tennessee. Who, who are you trying to, what's the angle here? Who, who, are you, who do you know is out there that you're going to bring in? Uh, what, what are we doing here? I don't understand that move at all. Like Nash, And I love Nashville, but my goodness, Tennessee, what are you guys doing? What the fuck just happened there? Because I'll I, I tell you what, he's a great coach. And he's not. And, and now I'm here, New England fans. I was watching the show here. Uh, what's that called? Around the Horn. And the, the all the four people on the panel were talking about how Vrabel was going to be the coach in, in New England. And I'm scratching my head the same thing as the host. Are you fucking kidding me? You arguably have the greatest coach in NFL history. Six championships. 
it was mostly Brady, but he was a part of it. He had to be. Belichick-ish. There's, it, that, that's a coin phrase for me anyway. Sorry, Donnie. I'm fucking up today. But you understand what I'm saying. It's that you're not going to get rid of tennis, uh, New England. You're not going to go ahead and get rid of Belichick to bring in a Vrabel. I, I don't care. Unless Belichick says he's gone, he's going to go down to Miami with Jimmy Johnson or go down to Alabama and just fuck around with Saban down there. And they can agonize and paint together, as we both know they like to do. Those coaches is never, you can never win. It's like, man, we fucking barely won. Fucking miserable all offseason. You know, you guys, relax. But it's, uh, I don't understand that move. And, and I, I'm just really perplexed. And we, and we haven't even hit the playoffs. Because I, the next game I was going to wrap up, and that's what brought up my spinning hand. It was Cowboys and Green Bay Packers. It's going to be on Sunday, 430 over in Texas. And I'm and and Jerry Jones, I heard him talking about how, you know, we're not. And Jerry Jones is a liar, guys. And I, I, I mean, he's a he's a listen. I give him credit because he's a great GM. He's a, he's a great GM. He year after year, he's bringing in talent to the Dallas Cowboys, whether it's receivers, whether it's offensive linemen, running backs. The the guy in that staff, they have a good eye for talent. It's just that he can't get the fuck out of the way. He can't help himself but create narratives and put this pressure on these coaches. And and he's talking about, well, we'll see how it goes. If meaning, And what I took that as is if he has a first-round exit, I'm going to get rid of the fucking guy. But if he makes a deep playoff run, it depends. It's style points and how, how you win or lose, basically. And I'm scratching my head. I'm saying again, who are you going to replace that coach with? He's only been there for a couple years. He's obviously had Dak playing real good football. Everyone obviously responds to him. I don't understand. I don't understand. These people, is it is it something wrong with me as a regular person looking from the outside? I'm just a regular fan that's a very observant. And and what you and what you do recognize as a fan is that. People have to have their roles, just like we have a job. Just like I have a job. I have a role. I can't outshine the boss, you know, or like, or, or, or there's certain rules that we follow. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just trying to give examples of like when we are on a team, whether it's work or in professional sports, everyone has to have their pecking order. And Jerry Jones has shown over and over again he will trump the rules and regulations that everyone's abiding by for the sake of his own ego, his own benefit. And that's where like, I think if he just stepped back and said, you know what, I would like to make a certain move, but this will ruffle a lot of feathers, so on and forth. He does things like that. So I love Jerry Jones. I love how he, how passionate and the things he's done for the product of the NFL and, and doing the things that he does in Dallas. No doubt about it. He's always trying to fucking win. There's there's no question about it. But at some point, you have to understand that your role is to cut the checks and move in silence. That's it. I can't tell you what the fuck to do because you're the billionaire. I'm not. But don't you think that if you've had this much turnover and this much lack of success in postseason that you would just step the fuck back? and let people do their job and give them three or four years without saying a fucking word 
to the press or or stirring the pot because you know ESPN loves that shit. Anywho, I don't know why I got in that fucking soapbox. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry, Kevin. It, it, it's just you know I I love seeing football and I love everybody doing their part. I I love when I watch sports and every person does their role to a T. It's like I love when I go to my team and they have their rules. They fucking knock it out. You have your people and they're knocking it out. It's a fucking great feeling, man. Everyone's contributing in their own way. And it makes everybody, you know, feel, feel part of the collective. But Jerry Jones, you can't come in there and be fucking uh, undermining your head coach, undermining your staff all the time. So, I don't know. I have a problem with, you know, well, congratulations to Michigan as I'm going to talk about the Detroit Lions and, uh, uh, you know, shout out to Black Rob. Woo! 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 He does the best bark, bro. Like, if you're ever around Black Rob, huge Michigan fan, salute, sir. And you just, you get him going after a few drinks, he's in a good mood, he's going to give you a little bark. He's going to give you that classic bark. No one else can do it but him. That's the guy. That's our guy. You know? And I, I just I just think that Michigan versus everybody, in this case, Detroit versus everybody, as they're a three-and-a-half-point favorite in L.A. How about the news uh, out of that game? The Detroit, <laughs> Detroit organization. <laughs> I'm not fucking kidding. Detroit organization is banning any fan from wearing Matthew Stafford jerseys to the game. Are you fuck? I mean, is this? Are we living in a twilight zone? What what the fuck's going on in sports? What the fuck do we care about policing what people wear to a fucking game? I remember there was a time in, in baseball games when girls with big tits go out to the field. No one said a damn thing. She's running around giving you know kisses to players. I know I know it was stage guys, but you know what I'm saying. Come on, it's a Matthew Stafford jersey. A guy that did a lot of good things for your organization. A guy that did everything right. He didn't do anything wrong, but represent that organization, and he never talked shit about it. Even after he left, I remember that first game they played. He was dapping everybody on the Detroit side, like man, keep your head up, just keep going, man. Like he would. I mean, you know, how do you? Detroit, what, what are we doing here? They love golf. Why can't we love Stafford too? I don't give a fuck. Mate, everybody, everybody's a fucking line. I mean, Detroit versus everybody. Come on. What are, you, what are we doing here? That is so stupid. Anyway, I don't know, but, you know, I got Detroit uh, three and a half on that one. I think they, they when you're at home, and L.A. hasn't done anything that will make you feel like they're going to go on the road and win a game. You know, they, they got the great running back. They got the receiver that fucking uh, the coach pulled out right away after he got his record. He said, yo, get the fuck out. And uh, I'll I, I tell you what, I I love I love what the Detroit's doing. I, I would say in the playoffs, the teams that are going to win the Super Bowl, I think obviously the number one seeds, we're talking about the Ravens, and we're talking about the fucking, what's the number one seed in the NFC East? What the fuck? The Niners, right? And um, I think Baltimore. Baltimore and San Fran, those are the number one seeds. And then uh, you have fucking, hey, uh, you know, do you guys think Kansas City? I mean, I, I don't know. Buffalo for sure. 
Buffalo for sure. Uh, I just don't trust Dallas. I don't trust Dallas. Dallas is a team that has to show they can make deep playoff runs at least one time and say to take them seriously, right? Because they haven't done that. Like the Bucks have had more postseason success than the Cowboys since they won it with Barry Switzer. Think about that. Oh man, sorry about this long rant, guys. I'm just going at it. But do you, it, it, it doesn't make sense here. Uh, there's not a lot of options. So I would say Ravens, 49ers. You throw Buffalo in there. And maybe the Cowboys. But, you know, the teams that I know are not going to fucking go anywhere, no matter what anybody says. It's the last playoff game, which is the Eagles at Tampa Bay. And they got Tampa uh, losing by three at home. Understandably so. Understandably so. Because we all know the Eagles are a top two team in the NFC East. And the meltdown they had was similar to Burkle's. Burkle's the champ. Let's call him the champ. Burko, I told you in that interview, I said, you melted down the stretch. You went two and five down the stretch. What the fuck happened? And then, you know, he's just, and he's probably, Burko's brown, like the Eagles probably. He's like just rubbing his hands, right, like this, and just saying, man, I got, I got men on that first round. I like going against Baker Mayfield. I like the ducks he's going to throw at me and I'm going to eat. That's what it sounds like to me, right? I don't, man, I... Yeah, I don't feel comfortable as a Bucks fan. I, I mean, because on on paper, it's a it's a for me it's a double digit shellac. But because the Eagles haven't been playing well, and they're going on the road, they just gave them a smaller margin. And I think for Tampa Bay, I was selling this to MVP. I this is the Tampa Bay defense and and, and talent that we had for Brady. That's what I felt. That's what I felt. I felt like this is the the roster that would have got us another playoff run. Like I would have got us a possible Super Bowl because I I Godwin's back healthy. Rashad White stepped stepped up, so he's a faster uh, pass catching back uh, hybrid. Uh, you have the uh, Mike Evans obviously had another thousand yard season, and uh, the defense is the defense. Uh, we we have a defense. Uh, is it uh, you know the the Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, John Lynch ones? No, but they're they're fucking Super Bowl winners, uh, and uh, that I, I just I feel so good if we had a better quarterback. <laughs> Give me Flacco. I would take Flacco over Baker Mayfield, and I don't mean nothing bad against Baker Mayfield. What I mean by that as a fan is you know in the playoffs, you know you know fan base. Uh, when you need that quarterback, when you're down 14 on the road in the playoffs, and you know when Joe Burrow has the ball in his hand, and if you know Aaron Rodgers down 14 on the road, it's not going to matter. Like, there's a chance. There's a chance. I don't feel that with Baker Mayfield. I I, I, I don't feel that. Right now, the Bucks' road to championship goes through Eagles, goes through, uh, I want to say, 49ers. And then, uh, you know, maybe the Cowboys. I don't know. We'll see how it goes on the other side of Detroit. And Detroit spanked us, spanked us in the ass. So, I mean, that was in Tampa. I, I don't, like I said, I saw Baker Mayfield with my very two eyes. Eh, I'm not saying he's bad, but he's not going to win you a game when he's going up and against an elite defense. And the refs are going to swallow the fucking whistle. 
They, they're not. They're not. You, you know, I, I just don't don't see it. I just don't see it happening. But hey, you know, I, if I'm a betting man, I, I'll go ahead with the Eagles. Uh, and we'll go from there. You know what I mean? So uh, I don't know what to say, boys. It's it's one of those things that I hope. Um, I hope a lot of good football is played here as I wrap up. But I just wanted to give you that special edition because we needed the champ to speak. We needed this to happen. We need to make this the, uh, 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 an engagement. You know, as we're growing and we are sep- living separate lives as men, this is going to be my therapy. This is going to be our support group. All right. We're going to be a support group. We're going to talk because we are men at the end of the day. We can be emotional about football. So, But uh, overall, man, what a great fun season. I hope to get my energy back, as I was saying earlier. And I, I just love having fun. And I hope it, everyone just understands this is all for fun. Nothing sensitive. Uh, I even try to bust chops at myself because I'm a piece of shit. So uh, I wanted to go ahead and just thank you all for just – Having another season, man. And, and, you know, whoever's here, whoever stays, uh, you know, we'll have fun with it. I mean, it's going to be better. I'm telling you right now. It's going to, I'm going to make sure that my skill set, Donnie, and my vocabulary, that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be doing while you're out there making billions, Donnie, uh, out there in the casino. You know, the camera's going to be all over you. But I, I would say that I'm going to be working on my speaking uh what, what, what are we talking about? Jargon or uh, posture? What, what is it? Uh, I don't know. Public speaking. Let's do that. You know, I don't know. I'll figure out something. I'll just. I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to have fun. But you guys have been great. Enjoy yourselves. I think I'm out now for good. Let's enjoy some football. All right. Trump gave what I think was probably one of the greatest speeches of world leaders given. You know, it's got to be up there with like Churchill, Gettysburg Address. Is the night the United States killed the leader of ISIS? Trump comes out of the Situation Room at like midnight in the White House and he walks down that fucking tunnel like he's, and gives a press conference, like he's giving a post-game NBA and just goes, Abu Bakar al-Baghdadi is dead. He died like a dog. And it's like, 